Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masechet Shabbat of Samach Aleph Amur Aleph. In the middle of our analysis of the second Mishnah, the Mishnah of the of the sixth parak, which uh, lists those items that men may not wear in Rishut Harabim, but they are not liable for wearing. And we mentioned Tefillin. So let's look back at the Mishnah briefly uh, on um, Samach Amur Aleph and finish the Mishnah. Tefillin and Kamea Bizman Sheinum Nemrumcha, which means a non-expert amulet. We'll talk about that in detail. And then Shiryon Kasta and Magafayim, which are uh, respectively um, armor, helmet, and boots. As I mentioned, for all the things in the Mishnah, you are not Chayav Chatat. Back to Tefillin, Amdaf Samachalaf, Amuralaf, about two-thirds of the way down. There is a machloket in the third parak of Menachot, whether tefillin are to be worn on Shabbat or not, essentially. And Rav Safra says <coughs> that the prohibition against wearing tefillin is not only according to the conventional position, which is that Shabbat is not zman tefillin. Even according to the one who says that it is zman tefillin, you still can't wear them. Because you might carry them in And here, unlike all the other considerations, you might take them off, you might loosen them. Here, you'd be obligated to take them off because you'd be coming within proximity of a Beitaki say, and would have to carry them if you needed to use one. Now, the Ikanavat Ila Seifa, some people learned Rav Safra's comment as being about the Seifa, which is Miyatsaino Chayav Chatat, you're not Chayav for wearing Tfilin, Vam Safra Lotem, don't think that the exemption, that you're not Chayav Chatat for wearing Tfilin in public, is only according to the one who says Shabbat Zman Tfilin. I feel the Mandavar Shabbat loves Zman Tfilin, who? Why? And Chayav Chatat, why? Because you're wearing it in a way of regular malbush. That's the way people walk around during the week. And as such, it's not considered caring, even if Shabbat loves Mount Filin, who, again, the mainstream and conventional opinion. We then mentioned Kamea Bizman Mumcha. So an amulet would typically be a little scroll that somebody would write a few names of God and Psukim and Chatzai Psukim to ward off uh, disease or hexes or whatever it may be, or to cure somebody. So now, Amra Papa, you don't need to have that the author of the Kamea, the Kamea writer, and the particular amulet have already proven their worth. If the guy who wrote it has already got a good experience, we'll see what that is, then even if this amulet has never proven itself, then you could still wear it on Shabbat in public. Dekanami, you could see that from the Mishnah. The language is a Kamea that does not come from a Mumcha, meaning the writer, didn't say if the Kamea itself is not a Mumcha. So Shmamina, that if it is coming from an expert writer who's got a good track record, you could wear it on Shabbat. What's a expert Kamea? If it worked three times. Whether it is one in writing or one made of herbs. Um, and um, we will we will see how that plays out. 
Uh, we're going to come back to this. It's true whether or not the uh, fellow who is wearing it is a cholash He's in danger, or he's not in danger. He's not in moral danger. And he doesn't have to have already been afflicted. It could also be to prevent him from getting afflicted. You're even allowed to tie it and untie it, even in Rashut Rabim. As long as you don't tie it onto a chain uh, or a ring and take it to Rishut because then it looks like it's just some sort of a design or an ornament as opposed to being used for Rifuah. <laughs> we have a uh, challenge to that Brita because we see that a Kamea Mumche is one that had to have healed three people. So, that is to establish the Kamea itself as being an expert. But to establish the writer as being an expert, he just has to have written uh, three different ones that healed three different people. So our Papa puts the whole equation together. Our Papa Pshitali Plat Kamea Plat Gavri. If an individual wrote three different amulets for three different people, and each one healed three times. The guy now is an expert, and each kamea is considered mumche. If you wrote three kamea, one one for three different people, and each one healed once, then gavrit machi kamea loit machi. The writer is now uh, considered to be an expert, but the each kamea is not because each one has only accomplished its deeds once. Chad Now do the other way. I wrote one Kamea and it healed three people. So Kamea itmachi, machi. The Kamea is good, but the guy is not necessarily good. He's only written one successful Kamea. So by Papa Kamea What if I write three Kamea, but all for the same guy? Kamea The Kamea certainly is no good because it's uh, each one has only worked once. The question is, is the writer considered a mumche? On the one hand, he healed the guy three times. Maybe it's the fellow who's very receptive to kameot, so teiku. So now the question is, the question is, do I have with all of the writing that's on them, do they have kedusha? So what's the halachic impact? If it's a question of saving kameot into, let's say, a Carmelite, uh, when there's a fire in the building, and of course there's nobody in the house uh, that's in danger, so there's all sorts of halachot of saving Sifre Torah, etc., we're going to get to in the 16th parak. what about saving a kamea? Well, Toshma, we have an explicit bright that says abrachot. Now, the word kameen is not in the Tosefta, in any version of the Tosefta, but uh, sort of by Kalachomer, you would include a kamea because brachot, they have God's name, they have uh, things from the Torah in them, Abraham, etc. You don't save them. Certainly a kamea wouldn't be. You let them burn where they are. The question is, when you're done with them, do you have to bury them? So, if you had a God's name written on the handle of a kli or on the leg of a bed, you have to cut that off and bury it, so you do have to bury it. The question is, can you walk into a Beit with the Kamea? If they have Kedushah, you can't walk in. If not, then you can't. 
Toshma, let's see, we'll come out as one chain of Namumcha. Our Mishnah said, you cannot walk outside on Shabbat with a Kamea that's inexpert. The obvious implication, we've already read this, is that if it is an expert, or you got it from an expert, you can carry it. If you think that Kamein have sanctity, you might have to go to the Beit you have to carry it in public. So the Maybe when the Torah, when the halacha permitted you to wear a kamea, an expert kamea on Shabbat, that's only if it's herbs, but not a uh, kamea of writing. The brighter that we just saw said it's true about both. And must be talking only about a chole who is in danger. In which case we would not be goes there. You might carry it in Rishit Rabim because of his danger. But that same Brayta said it's true whether or not Sakana or not. But the answer is since he's healed, even if he carries it, it's okay. It's quite a, quite a statement. So now Vatanya said you're not allowed to carry it. Or it must be talking about a cameo that's put inside a leather pouch. And that's why we don't have a problem because you're not going to take it off because you can walk into a Beit But a regular cameo that's uh, that's exposed, you can't walk into a Beit perhaps. But tefillin is covered. We saw this in the third paragraph of When you're going to go to Beit HaKisev, take your tefillin off Arba Mot away. Vinichras, then go in. So you see that even when it's sealed and covered in leather, if it's kadosh, you still can't carry it in. The answer is hatamishum shin. There, it's not because of the text text that's inside; it's because the shin that's on the shalrosh. That is Allah which means it has its own sanctity, and that's why you can't go in, and that's not covered up. So also the dollar that's on the knot in back of the head and the yod that's on the knot on the shalyad, those are all halacha Sinai. Okay, the last piece is that we said shiryon kasta and magafayim, so shiryon zarda, that's male, kasta marav sanvarata, which is a helmet, and magafayim marav puzmiki, that's boots. Okay, our parts at this point, we'll pick it up with the third Mishnah in the next podcast. The third Mishnah will list those things that a woman may not carry, and if she carries them, she may even be liable for carrying, uh, not just as a but as inherent burden. Okay, we'll pause at this point, pick it up in the next podcast. In the time, we should have a wonderful day.